0: law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath set me free, made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Welcome to The Unchanging Word Bible Study.
1: Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. He asked it of every class and challenged every student with it. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate level class on the minor prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day, word for word, from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to The Unchanging Word Bible Study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed,
3: Thank you for being with us. The Unchanging Word is thankful to God for his faithfulness in supplying the needed radio broadcast through each of you, you who pray for and support this ministry. Thank you for your faithful support in providing the Unchanging Word to men, women, and children through this broadcast. We trust God will bless you and supply your every need. Well, we continue in our study in Romans chapter 8 verses 2 through 4, we have a new deliverance. To begin with, we have two laws. One law delivers us from the other law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And we also find out that what the law could not do, God did do sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. What did He do? He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, not by us, but in us, us who walk according to the Spirit. Well, let's continue in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Here is Dr. Mitchell.
0: Thank you. Good day, friends. We come again to you, and we're studying together the book of Romans, and we're in chapter 8. In our last lesson, we were giving you an introduction to chapter 8, especially in view of the fact that in chapter 5, we were delivered from Adam's race through the death of Christ, delivered from sin as a master in chapter 6, and delivered from the law as a rule of life in chapter 7. In chapter 6, we had sanctification, was because of our union with him. In chapter 8, sanctification because of the indwelling Spirit. Wonderful thing to know that we have a new experience, a new life in the power of the Spirit. This is chapter 8. And we were dealing in our last lesson that the chapter starts with no condemnation and ends with no separation. And we were dealing with the first verse. We, have an, we are in a new position. We are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation because of the completeness of his work at the cross. No condemnation because of our union with him and our union with him makes us free. And again, I say it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to know that those who trust the Savior can come in the very presence of God without fear of condemnation. Christ Jesus has put away our sin once for all forever at the cross and guaranteed to us In His resurrection. Now we come to the second thing in the chapter. We have a new deliverance. If you'll notice, I'm going to give right to the chapter some new things. We are in a new position in Christ. We have a new deliverance from the law of sin and death. And then in verses 5 down through verse 13, where we live in a new place in the Spirit and we belong to a new, new family for the sons of God. We have a new hope a guaranteed hope. These bodies are going to eventually be transformed and made like his glorious body. And then we have a new 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 deliverance or should I say a new provision for us. We have Christ in glory praying for us, the Spirit of God down here praying for us. And then we have the purpose of God revealed, the blueprint of what God's going to do, and what he is doing in this age, ending up with no separation. Now let's get back to our second thing. We have a new deliverance, verses 2 to 4. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath set me free, made me free, from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, And for sin, or because of sin, condemn sin in the flesh that the righteousness or the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Let me just stop here now for a few moments. Here we have a new new principle of operation, the law of the Spirit of life. You'll notice in the second verse, there are two laws here. There are two principles the law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death. Every one of us, if you're a Christian, you're under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. If you are not a Christian, if you've never received Christ as Savior, then you're under the law of sin and death. Now, this is very, very, very obvious. They're absolutely contrary the one to the other. There's the law of the spirit of life. There's the law of sin and death. Now, let me just notice we have been delivered, first of all, from the law of sin. Now, I needn't go into this because we've been dealing with this in Romans chapters 5 and 6. We've been delivered from the law of sin through the death and resurrection of Christ. You'll notice it says, The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath, hath, hath made us free. Not as going to make us free, but hath made us free. We have already been delivered from the law of sin, its guilt, and its power. If I can quote three verses, for example, from Hebrews chapter 10, to show the the completeness of Christ's work. In In verse 10, Of Hebrews chapter ten, by the which will, the will of God, we are sanctified, set apart to the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse twelve: This man, by one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Verse fourteen: For by one offering, he hath perfected forever those whom he is sanctifying, those whom he is setting apart, whereof the Holy Spirit is a witness unto us. We have already been delivered from the law of sin. Now, we've gone through this in chapters 3, right on down through chapter 6, where we're delivered from the the, uh, footage of sin and we've been delivered from the power of sin through our union, first of all, through the death of Christ and through our union with him. But we've also been delivered from the law of death. Now in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, we read that our Lord became a man for what purpose? That through death, he might destroy him, or he might uh, render inactive the one who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver us through fear of death. We're all our lifetimes subject to bondage. That's why the Lord Jesus could say in John 8.51, you remember it? If a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Now in John 8.24, he said to the Jews of his day, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sin. But if a man keep my saying, he'll never see death. You remember in Revelation chapter 1, verse the end of verse 17 and also in verse 18, when he said, I am the first and the last, I am he that was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I carry on my girdle the keys of death and of hell, the authority of death and of hell. And the believer in Jesus Christ has already been emancipated from the law of death. Now, just a minute, Mr. Mitchell, you're going to say, Christians die. Well, I would say this, the person does not die. We may leave the body, and we call the body dead. But the person who lived in the body is eternal. The Lord gave to us eternal life. Not something he's going to give to us when we get to heaven something we have now. That's why Paul could say in Corinthians 5, second book, absent from the body is present with the Lord. Or as Philippians 1, I'm in a strait betwixt 2, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. I tell you, death, death cannot touch a Christian until God says, come on home. Oh, there is going to be a day coming. I hope I'm living in that day when the Lord is going to descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we together with them are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air to be forever with the Lord. That's the coming of the Lord for his own. But if the Lord tarries, most of us will have to go to glory through the gate of death. But death is defeated for. We just say, good night, earth, good morning, glory. And then to have someone grasp your hand and find it that your hand is in the hand of God. Wonder of wonders of wonders. I tell you again, my friend, it's a grand thing to know the Savior. It's a wonderful thing to realize that we have been delivered. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath emancipated us from the law of sin, which you find in chapter 6, and the law of death, which you find in chapter 7. And he's talking here, by the way, lest somebody ask me, the law of Moses, the Mosaic law, is a law of sin and death. You remember we had it in teaching Romans chapter 7, that the law... Make sin exceeding sinful. The law is the strength of sin, Corinthians 15. The law is a ministration of death, which you have in Second Corinthians chapter 3. By the way, may I inject here, uh, I was speaking to you in chapter 7 about 11 things that the law can do and can't do. But I find so many people who have a... Have a and difficulty in divorcing themselves from the law of Moses. The, the law of Moses is a, a law of sin and a law of death. Now, in verse 3, he brings it right out, for what the law could not do. What law? Talking about the Mosaic law which is the law of sin and law of death. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Let me just stop here. Now the law is not weak. It's the flesh that is weak. But the law was unable to produce what it demanded. The law demanded holiness. But You couldn't produce it. The law demanded it, but gave you no power to do it. Again, let me remind you, the law is the strength of sin. It gives a distinctive character to sin. The law works wrath. The law is not a faith. The law can't give you life. The law can't empower you. The law was made for the lawless, not for God's people. Today, it never supplied the power for the believer to do what the law commanded. For example, the law says do and thou shalt live. But you can't do, you've got no power to do it. The law says be sinless. Or you suffer the wages of sin, which is death. But you say, I was born in sin. I can't help sinning. All my life I've sinned, you say. Then the law has no mercy and the law says you must die. Oh, but I'm doing the best I can. Yes, but the law still says you must die. There are no extenuating circumstances with the law. I'm talking about the law. I'm not talking about grace. Grace comes along and offers you forgiveness and a pardon and life eternal and salvation, all its completeness, on the ground of grace. God has done something for you. All he wants you to do is to accept that which he has accomplished. And when a moment a, a person accepts the Savior, he's freed from the law of sin and the law of death. Why didn't the law do it? If there had been any possibility, now let me hear what I'm going to say. If there had been any possibility of anybody being saved by the law, there would have been no necessity for Jesus Christ to come into the human race and die on a cross and be crucified and be buried and be raised again from the dead. There'd be no need for God's wonderful Son to come to the earth at all. If, if, there was any possibility of a person being saved by the law. Now, I have heard some people say this. Well, I do the best I can to keep the law, and what I can't do, Christ provides. He supplies what I miss, what I haven't done. You don't find that in the Bible. That's not Bible teaching. In fact, the Bible says you're hopelessly lost, my friend. There is none righteous, no, not one. None that doeth good, no, not one. None that understands. Everybody's out of the way. None seeking God. It's what God sees. And he loved you when you were still active in your sins. And if there had been a law given, which could have given life, then righteousness would have been by the law. Now, I know I'm spe- I'm, I'm, I've been pressing this for the last, two or three lessons, because I want you to enjoy the liberation you have in Christ. Not license, no. Liberty and license are two different things. We are are free now to serve God. We are free now to live for God. Free now to live a new life for God, which you didn't have under the law. The law demanded what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. And I again repeat it as Romans 7 says, the law is holy and just and good. And Paul says, I had not known sin until the law said, thou shalt not covet. And that law which I thought was going to give me life, behold, it brought death. All the law can do is to slay, to kill, to condemn, a curse. It can't do anything else. You see, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and the law of death. And again, I want to repeat it. The law never supplied anyone with power to perform that which it demanded. It did not produce holiness in a life. It demanded holiness. The law does not produce holiness. The law demands it. Well, what shall I do? How can one be emancipated? So I read the rest of the verse. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, because of sin, condemned sin in the flesh. What for? That the righteousness or the righteous require of the law might be fulfilled in us, not by you, nor through you, but in you, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. God sent his Son. What the law could not do, God's Son, Jesus Christ, did. God sent his Son into this world where sin reigned, where death reigned. What for? In order to deliver you and me from the law of sin and death want you mark that? John 3:16, a wonderful verse: "God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son." Do you remember that? In Isaiah 9:6, "Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The Son was sent." You have that in Galatians chapter four, verses four to five: "In the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son." Born of a woman, born under the law. In 1 John 4, 9 and 10. Herein is love, not that we love God, that he sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. God steps on the scene. God comes right into the picture. He sent his only begotten Son into the human race where sin and death reigned. Why did he come? Let us not dishonor him. Why did he come? Because man was totally hopeless, totally helpless, void of righteousness. And the law says you must die. Why? Because we had sinned and because we were not righteous. He demanded these things, but gave no power to produce it. So how's it going to be accomplished? God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and because of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. What for? That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, I want to stop here man. Will you please notice, he sent his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He sent his Son into the human race for a purpose. He became a man. He was the incarnate Word of God. As John 1.14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. He was sent into the world on a mission. And that mission was to deliver you and me from the law of sin and death, to deliver you and me from the penalty of sin, the bondage of sin, and from the fear and bondage of death, so that when a person accepts the Savior who came to do this job, and he finished the job and guaranteed it in his resurrection, you and I can say that we have been delivered once for all forever from the law of sin and the law of death. And when we come to this, this third and fourth verse, which I haven't finished, I'm going to pick it up. God sent his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and because of sin, condemn sin in the flesh, I'll take up in the next lesson. Now read the book of Romans chapter 8, will you? And especially these words concerning the law, and his, may his joy be yours today.
2: I will serve him by his grace.